This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Barbie, The Look, from 1990. the sound barrier. It's the Mattel Thunderburp with the real vibrasonic sound chamber that's loaded forever and ever. No batteries, no caps. That Thunderburp looks like real, sounds like real. It even vibrates like real. It's safe to play with. Just flip up the sight, pull back the bolt, and fire. And for outdoor smoking action, add the Mattel Tommy Burp to your gun collection. It fires caps with smoking bursts or single shots. It's rugged, too, with a real wood grain feel. Easy to load and easy to fire. Pull the trigger for single shots or turn the crank for smoking bursts. The Tommy Burp is really for real, right down to the adjustable flip sight. The Tommy Burp is $2.50. The no-battery, no-cap Thunder Burp is $3. Get both wherever toys are sold. And remember, you can tell it's Mattel. It's swell, swell, swell. In 1955, American toy manufacturer Mattel started selling burp guns. At this point, Mattel was still a relatively new company, started 10 years prior by husband and wife Elliot and Ruth Handler, alongside Harold Matson. With the burp guns, Mattel tried to do something different, year-round television advertising. They apprehensively spent $500,000 to advertise for one year on the Mickey Mouse Club. Who's the leader of the club that's made for you and me? M-I-C-K-E-Y, Before this, toy companies would spend most of their advertising budget at Christmas time. By 1962, Mattel was spending nearly $6 million a year on year-round television advertising. And a huge part of that was for what would become the company's biggest and most profitable line. The Barbie doll debuted at the American International Toy Fair in New York City, March 9, 1959. Mattel co-founder Ruth Handler came up with the idea for Barbie after watching her daughter, also named Barbie, playing with paper dolls. She noticed that her daughter would pretend the dolls were adults. During this time, most dolls that were available were of children and she wondered if there could be a market for adult-bodied dolls. During a European trip in 1956, Ruth came across a doll from Germany called Build Lily, and it was exactly what she had in mind. She bought one of these for her daughter and two more to take back to Mattel to work on the idea. Along with Mattel designer Jack Ryan, Ruth redesigned the Build Lily doll and eventually named it after her daughter. The first Barbie wore a zebra-striped swimsuit and top-knot ponytail, and it was available as a blonde or brunette. Once again, Mattel would advertise on the Mickey Mouse Club, and Barbie became an instant hit, 
selling over three hundred and fifty thousand dolls in its first year. Barbie's small and so petite. Her clothes and figure look so neat. Her dancing outfit rings the bell. At parties she will cast a spell. Purses, hats, and gloves galore, and all the gadgets gals adore. Barbie dressed for swim and fun is only three dollars. Her lovely fashions range from one to five dollars. Look for Barbie wherever dolls are sold. In the 1960s, a series of Barbie novels were written for Random House. Here we would learn Barbie's full name, Barbara Millicent Roberts, the daughter of George and Margaret Roberts from the fictional Willows, Wisconsin. In 1961, Barbie got a boyfriend. It all started at the dance. Barbie, the famous teenage fashion model doll by Mattel, felt that this was to be a special night. And then it happened. She met Ken. And somehow she knew that she and Ken would be going together. So now Mattel brings you Ken, Barbie's boyfriend, with a complete wardrobe of perfectly tailored clothes of unmatched quality. Now Ken and Barbie meet for lunch at school, go to fraternity parties, and just relax together. Ken, full name Kenneth Sean Carson, also from Willows, Wisconsin, and also named after another of Handler's children. Both the Ken and Barbie dolls were sold separately for $3 each. But Mattel would also start offering additional wardrobe for the dolls. This was part of something that Mattel co-founder Elliot Handler called the razor and razor blade technique. In the October 26, 1962 issue of Time magazine, Elliot Handler said, quote, You get hooked on one, and you have to buy the other. Buy the doll, and then you buy the clothes. I know a lot of parents hate us for this, but it's going to be around a long time. End quote. Barbie now had wardrobe changes and a boyfriend. So next, they added some friends and family. A couple of note came around in the late 60s. The first black Barbie, Christy, was introduced in 1968. And in 1969, PJ was introduced, sometimes referred to as Barbie's best friend. In 1970, PJ and Christy were part of what was called the Fashion and Sound series. The packaging was labeled Barbie, PJ, Christy. These were themed Barbie outfits that were each packaged with a different 45 record. When the 1980s rolled around, Barbie's popularity had started to fade. But they were still trying to figure out some new things to do with Barbie. In 1984, a video game simply called Barbie was released for the Commodore 64. Hello? Hi, Barbie. It's Ken. Would you like to go to the pool? Sounds like fun. Great. See you in an hour. That's some pretty clear speech on that game for the time. Impressive in a otherwise mostly forgettable game. In 1987, Mattel produced two animated TV specials, both featuring Barbie as the leader of a rock band, Barbie and the Rockers Out of This World, and its sequel, Barbie and the Sensations Rockin' Back to Earth. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the hottest group in the history of the world, Barbie and 
And of course, there were dolls to go along with the specials. Hot eyes, bad hair, hit boots, glitz there. The original Barbie and the Rockers special was meant to serve as a pilot for a daily Barbie animated series, but the show was scrapped before it ever happened. But in 1989, they continued with music-themed projects for Barbie. That year saw the release of a live-action VHS tape, Barbie Dance Club. And in 1990, there was a CD. Barbie, The Look, was released on Rinkin Recordings. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. The album begins with Shy Boy, which was also released as a single in 1991. The song is written by Rachel Sweet, who also plays the singing voice of Barbie on the album, uncredited. I talked about Rachel Sweet not too long ago on the Clarissa and the Straight Jackets episode, so go back just a few episodes and listen to that for more about her. Shy boy, shy boy, wanna be your only girl. Up next is Everybody is a Star. The song was originally released by Sly and the Family Stone back in 1969 as the B-side to Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself Again. Despite being the B-side, it went to number one. Up next is a cover of the 1970 Jackson 5 classic, ABC. When it went to number one on February 24th, 1970, it knocked the Beatles' Let It Be off the top of the Billboard Hot 100. Up next is another of the album's four original songs. This is We're Best Friends. Up 
Side One closes with a cover of Denise Williams's 1984 number one hit, Let's Hear It for the Boy. It was from the Footloose soundtrack, and the song was nominated for an Academy Award. Side 2 begins with a cover of Roxette's 1988 number one hit, The Look. Not only did that song hit number one on Billboard, it went to number one in 25 countries. This album was produced, engineered, and mixed by Jeff Silverman. According to his website, palletmusic.com, he's an award-winning producer and songwriter and has worked on gold and platinum album projects for artists such as Rick Springfield, The Allman Brothers, B.J. Thomas, Nick Gilder, Boyz II Men, David Cassidy, George Clinton, Paula Abdul, Prince, and Stephen Bishop. There really aren't many credits listed at all on this album. There's an executive producer credit for both Ralph King and Steve Moore. Who are Ralph King and Steve Moore? Great question! I tried to figure it out, but I had no luck. Anyway, after a couple of other covers, there's Girls Just Wanna Have Fun, followed by Twist and Shout. Then, the album closes with another original, Together We Can Do It, parentheses, The World Song. It was co-written by producer Jeff Silverman, and it was also released as a cassette single. Barbie The Look would only ever see a CD and cassette release. It's not currently streaming on Spotify. If you're listening to this episode at the time of its release, the world is currently in the midst of Barbie fever with the release of the new Greta Gerwig-directed Barbie film in theaters now. And its soundtrack just made history. It's the first film soundtrack that has simultaneously landed three top five singles in the UK. In addition, the 1997 Aqua song, Barbie Girl, has recently re-entered the charts for the first time in 25 years because of the film. Yay! 
pretty amazing. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. But there's a countless number of Barbie singles and albums that have been released over the years, including a cassette tape released to coincide with the release of Barbie and the Rockers. In 1988, Barbie and the Sensations was released by Mattel. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Faxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Yeah.